Welcome everybody to the Rotating Tap Podcast. We've got Steve Vanderplue, Corey David, and special guests. Maybe beer people talking comedy or comedians talking beer. Listen up everybody and we'll see what you will hear. I won't waste any more time because it's going very fast. It's the Rotating Tap Podcast. You just blew it, man. We just no. we had three different people giving you a countdown and you didn't even do the cue. How does John Hamm know what the countdown is right now? Okay, he's not the one airing. Wayne's World, come on. He's a professional. The only thing he's airing is his grievances towards <laughs> the beer industry in general. Well, he's friends I'm, with you. I'm also airing my balls out, which are off screen right now. So I'm airing <laughs> lots of things here, Steve. Good. Oh yeah, we're having a good time. Hey, welcome to the Rotating Tab Podcast, everybody. We're having a good old time. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and share this to my page, if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Steve Vanderpluk, here with your other regular host. Hey, my name is Corey David. Corey David. We're here today with John Hamm and Matt T. Uh, a couple beer guys. Say hello, boys. Hello. Hey, everybody. That's the one and only John Hamm, by one the way. One and only just John Hamm. There's sure. no other yeah. John Hamm. Exactly. Just this one and only John Hamm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a couple of good dudes I know from the beer industry here in Denver. Uh, very good friends of mine. Happy to have them on. Unfortunately, we don't get to hang out in person because of coronavirus, which sucks. Uh, but I do look forward to drinking heavily with both of you very soon. It's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One, one of the things we like to do here on the podcast to kind of get to know you guys a little bit and open up. Uh, one of the things they always ask us as comedians right away is tell us a joke. So whichever one of you guys wants to tell us a joke first. Hey, Steve, sing me a song. Uh, <laughs> I've been waiting for that. Oh, but yeah, no, I've, I've got it? a joke. I've got a joke. It's actually my wife's joke that I'm stealing from her. I like it. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say it was your wife. I was like, that's mean. <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, so why can't bicycles stand on their own because they're too tired uh, ah that's smart that's witty good I like that bikes do have two tires this is also an educational podcast not just a beer one <laughs> cool, uh, cool. all right i wrote this one down because i'm terrible at jokes for a comedy podcast it's great uh how do you drown a hipster Ow. stream oh nice that's pretty good that's, that's pretty good that's smart i was gonna say too tired yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've been drowning off. hipsters since before it was cool so oh yeah <laughs> uh for those of you that don't know uh john ham we're very excited to have him on because he writes all of the theme music for the rotating tap podcast 
Uh, right. And uh, once again, it is the one and only John Hamm. One and only John Forgetting that part. The one and only John Hamm wrote the theme song for the podcast. Yep. I mean, maybe people listen to this and like people that aren't watching the live stream that hear the podcast are going to be like, oh, they got like the actor John Hamm. Oh, shit. They got John Hamm. And they didn't people. even ask him about Mad Men or 30 Rock or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They're talking about this all is just what he breweries. <laughs> this is just what he looks like when he's not wearing makeup. This is his yeah. John Ham street attire. Yeah, very casual, dressed down. But John, I do Camera get takes I get off a hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I get a lot of compliments on the music that you've done for the intro and the outro. So I really appreciate you putting that together for us. John Ham's great. Yeah, happy to do one it. One and only John Ham is great. One. Thank you. John <laughs> John Ham the actor is fine. One and only John Ham the musician, amazing. Big fan. Yeah. I think by the end of this show, we'll probably all think the one and only John Ham's a little pretentious for our sake. Anyhow. Oh, I already do. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're happy to have both of you guys on. Now, Matt, uh, I, I've worked with John before, but I don't know as much about uh, you and your relationship to Steve and beer. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do and your involvement with beers? Maybe some of the stuff over at the Pint Room? Uh, yeah, so I've been with the Pine Room since uh, they're in uh, our reception here in Colorado back in 2015. So we're coming up here on five years. Uh, hopefully, we're open for it, but we'll see about that. The uh, um, company started in Ohio back in 2012, uh, opened up a second location in Indiana. So we're um, basically just straight up tap house, burger bar. We do have 175 uh, on tap, it is the largest tap room. In Colorado, I know we're still one of the around top five in the country. Um, Damn, not really? Anymore, but Do you know what the second is? The second largest tap, like tap in Colorado? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> up there has to be. Um, up there has to be like the mayor of Old Town up in Fort Collins has like over a hundred draft lines. I think I used to work there, and they've got an extensive list as well. I think technically it's yard house, but. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But managing that many, I mean, we'll circle back around to that a little bit because I know you do some of the buying at the pint room and I'm always just curious, especially when you have that many draft lines, like how you keep things fresh, how you actually move through like all the different products and just some of the buying decisions, but that's pretty neat, man. It's not that hard. We don't throw away a lot of beer. Um, We keep, I mean, we're very stingy about cleaning the lines. We do it between every cake change. We do it every line, every two weeks anyways, uh, regardless. Um, and we, I tend to tend to move through a lot of products. We, we get a lot of people come through there. So it's not, it's not a difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Fair Uh, enough. John, what's your relationship with the beer industry? I know you've got a strong one. Is this uh, this (laughs) a strong strong one? Yeah. This is the type five. Type five. So, so, you know, I uh, grew up in Chicago, went to Western New York for college, and then I've been out here in Denver 12 years. Uh, I was working as a preschool teacher for over 10 years and got kind of sick of that and got into the beer industry. I had a, I jumped right into a great brewing job and then worked at a couple different breweries, worked uh, a little bit of tap room, mostly uh, packaging canning line, bottling line. And then my last job, uh, I was head of packaging for a brewery in Denver. Running the canning line was my main job. And then also I did a little bit of brewing, a little bit of sales, a little bit of events, uh, basically a little of everything. And then that brewery had some investors that uh, kind of bought it out. And 
uh, uh, took it in a different direction. And yeah, they they got rid of my position and some people on the sales team, some people in the warehouse, got rid of a whole bunch of us. And uh, that led to me playing music full time. I had been doing it part time on uh, weekends whenever I had time. And uh, after getting laid off, I just thought, all right, I'm going to take two weeks and just uh, play some gigs and see how it works out. And after two weeks, I was booked up for the next two months and I was eventually playing enough music live at breweries to pay the bills and make as much as I was making working for somebody else. And, uh, you know, getting laid off from that last brewery was the best thing that happened to me because I'm absolutely loving my life now working as the one and only John Hamm playing live music up until this last little thing that happened. And now I'm not playing live music much. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're still yeah. doing some cool live streams, some family friendly live streams and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife and I have been doing uh, family friendly live streams every Monday and Thursday, doing a little kids show from the house, kind of keeping us from going crazy. And then every once in a while, just doing my own live streams too, playing whatever I feel like from uh, right here in my home recording studio nice. with all these awesome instruments hanging up back behind me. That's the one where you yeah. just like talk shit about little kids right <laughs> <laughs> you just roast children <laughs> mr Bur- mr burns style <laughs> <laughs> totally. now john yeah I, I mean steve and i are familiar with your music but for those of the people that are watching that aren't um can you tell us a little bit about your style because you use a lot of different instruments and some looping and just kind of a nutshell yeah. what you yeah, do so my uh my kind of niche thing is i'm a live looping one-man band so i do everything myself i'll play guitar bass drums vocals vocal harmonies and i do it all live stack it up so by the end of the song it sounds like it's a five or six piece band but it's just really me doing it all live um and you know depending on the show i'm playing where i'm playing what the event is sometimes i bring different uh instruments out i i have uh, another act that i use a west african xylophone and i play with that um i have um a couple different like dobros and slide guitars and i bring those out sometimes and Every once in a while, just acoustic stuff and uh, sometimes DJ sets. But yeah, the main thing is the uh, the live looping one man band. And uh, yeah, you can see that all at facebook.com slash the one and only John Ham. Yeah. Plug that. Hey, Matt, so what have you been doing to occupy yourself during quarantine? Uh, a lot of drinking, um, <laughs> a lot of market research. <laughs> market research, that's about where it ends playing music just trying to do anything to keep my body occupied a lot of reading um, yeah sure i forgot yeah. Matt plays a lot of music too he's he's just one of my good friends who i know nothing about anymore <laughs> uh yeah, it's so speaking of drinking i feel like it's time for you guys to loosen up a little bit with a little segment we like to call the chug off yeah. yeah one of our favorite segments on the show so i know you guys have listened before so you're probably a little familiar but for those people that haven't uh chug leaderboard is essentially an ongoing list of people that we time chugging beers on the show so you will point out which beer that you're chugging with us today and then steve will time you chugging said beer and then you describe it to us immediately after so if you feel feel free to belch if you got a burp and you're a little gassy, we highly encourage that. But just tell us a little bit about the beer, kind of like uh, untapped review style, if you will. And uh, yeah, like that. Oh, after. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. But I think I think you nailed it. Uh, however, you got to free up some room ahead of time. It's totally your decision, John. Cool. All right. So who would like to go first? Matt would. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I gotta be able to see your whole face to know how much. Last week, somebody tried chugging grapefruit juice, and we wouldn't allow it. We had to disqualify <laughs> him. So it has to be actual beer. All right, this is actual beier uh, from Left Hand Brewing. Is our Galactic Cowboy 16 ounce can. Ooh, uh, nitro. <laughs> Good choice. Nitro, man. It is an imperial stout, so it comes in at about 9%. That's going to count towards three seconds <laughs> off of your total time at the end. That's the hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> All the help you can get. <laughs> That's fair. All right, well, as soon as you put the can to your lips, Steve will start the timer, and John Ham and I will observe your drinking. All right. Take a breath. Here it goes. He's got a lot of room in that beard to catch. It looks wow. like he can mop a floor with that thing. Well, he's going hard. Bam! That was good. Was that less that was than three really seconds? Good. Is he going to have a it's negative so time now? With, I can't even. All right. All right. Matt, do, now do us a favor before we go any further. Tell us a little bit about that beer. Tell us what you just had. That's fucking dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Describe the flavor. Roasty. Got a lot of coffee in there. Um, that's pretty much all I tasted on the way down, to be honest. Just um, char? Good. Not too sweet, though. Um, yeah. A lot less than I was thinking. I've never actually had that beer before. so. <laughs> yeah, so a good way... All right. A good way to approach approach it for the first time is instead of savoring it, just slam it. I mean, there's definitely – there's more than one way to enjoy a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're really enjoying it too. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, what made, you, what made you pick that one? Do you drink a lot of left-hand stuff or was it – did you think that the nitro would help with the smoothness and then the ABV would help shave some seconds off your time? I did. Honestly, it's what I had in the garage. Um, so, <laughs> there it is. That's what we want. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully that you know gives me a boost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice strategic play. I like what you did there, John. Are you gonna are you gonna one up him though? Because I thought I know you had asked ahead of time if you could have uh, six seconds shaved off of your time for doing a beer that was sixteen percent in alcohol. I know, and I I found out that would still just be three seconds off, so I'm not yes. chugging that one. Just because but... we're still gonna make you talk for another hour, so we don't want you like passing out. In the middle of the <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, Steve. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll pass out live on your podcast, and it'll be the best viewership you ever had. That's probably people yeah. tuning in to watch the one and only John oh. Ham passed out in the background. <laughs> He's so stoic. <laughs> I wish I could oh, mute man. people on this like they do on um, Around the Horn on ESPN, where I can just like give people points <laughs> based on things that they say. We should figure that mute, out for another time. When you time. say mute people, you're talking about Steve, right? You just, it's you, predominantly you a, Steve. It's because I'm getting so many... Which I can do, which I actually just did. Uh, so oh, Steve man. can't say anything right now. <laughs> I have all the power. What? <laughs> Sorry, Steve, what was that? Corey's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Could have anticipated that one coming. All right, John, what do you got for us today? Oh, man. So uh, I am not going to one-up, Matt. I am uh, probably going to one-down Steve because I am not a good chugger. So uh, I'm going with this one, the, uh, All right. the Imperial Ranger. Oh, the Imperial Ooh, Ranger. It's a 9% ABV. Still counts for the three, three so seconds off three your time. Three seconds off. And, uh, yeah, I'm uh, – I'm not a good chugger, and I've also recently had a tooth removed that whenever I drink something cold, it makes me go, 
Ooh, ooh. Oh, so that's going to add like that's going to add 10 seconds to my time right there. Just like, ooh. but just fight through the pain. It. I believe it. I believe in you. Have you written right. a song about your tooth yet? What's that? Have you written a song about your tooth yet? No, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get one together by the end of the show. Yeah, a couple more beers. I'll uh, it'll come right out. I'm sure. Seems right. like a canary. Ready? Ready? I'm asking myself if I'm ready. I don't think. Do you want me to count you in? Sure. (laughs) He's off and running. He's doing better than he's giving himself credit for. Oh, pinky up. It's a classy motherfucker. I mean, this isn't a world record time, but. And he's done. How do you feel, John? Tell us a little bit about what you had. Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Honestly, not too bad. That's uh, the first time I've chugged one of those. And it's, uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, you know, hoppy, pretty well balanced, uh, pretty smooth for 9%, and uh, surprisingly not burping a whole lot right now. Like It'll you know, come. It's, it'll get you. <laughs> it's just laying in wait. Give it a few seconds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, Steve, what do we got for times? So, uh, John Ham did choose a beer that was over 8% alcohol, so he will get ten or three seconds taken off. Unfortunately, that's barely not going to make the leaderboard. So he came in at 6.98 seconds. Does that still beat you, Steve? Yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty much every by quite a By quite a margin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a win for me. That was, that was what I was aiming for. Just Pretty good. Steve. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Matt... You, before the time off, you would have finished second on the leaderboard. Holy shit. (laughs) You would have finished second at 3.63 seconds, so one-tenth of a second behind first place. With the percentage alcohol, (laughs) you came in at 0.63 seconds. Holy cow. That's going to be hard to beat. Real hard to beat. Hell Matt, yeah. what do you have to say? What do you have to say, champ? Uh, I would like to thank well, no one. I've been practicing all day for this. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been he's been chugging eight percenters all week, just preparing for this show. I wouldn't be. I, what else is he gonna do? You know what else? Yeah, we got nothing but time. Are you, John? Are you really gonna eat potato chips on the podcast right now? You guys won't hear it. I, I, it's gonna be. It's uh, the loudest possible snack. <laughs> Oh, we can hear it. <laughs> Continue. Might as well have an apple right next to you. Jesus Christ. All right. Anyway, I'm actually really impressed with both of you guys because you are both uh, the first people that we've had on the show that have chosen to do beers that are over 8% to get those seconds knocked off of your time. So I appreciate the strategic move on both of your parts. Hell yeah. Matt, high five. Yeah. Boom. Virtual yeah. high five. I think Matt actually just punched his phone. So he's got to crack. <laughs> that the phone was asking for it. Kicking in for him, so. He's got that cracked <laughs> screen. So the, the new Belgium IPA seems like it would be a better one to chug than most others because they've always had like really malt forward IPAs to begin with. They're not like super dry and overly bitter. I've never really been, I've never been super impressed with a lot of their IPAs that they've been, that they've put out in the past, but I know they've been doing more with like their Voodoo Ranger with the Voodoo series. I don't know if there's anything that you guys have had recently that you really love. 
Yeah, I, I liked the original Ranger uh, back in the day. Uh, I think I like it more than the um, this version of it, but uh, still, uh, it was pretty chuggable for a 9% Imperial IPA, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about the new Belgium stuff? Is there anything in particular that you really love from them, or are you kind of indifferent about them? Anything? Uh, well, I mean, most of their core lineup is, you know, marketable. It feels a pretty... You know, it fills a sector of the market, but uh, yeah. all the stuff that comes out of the source, I think, is phenomenal. Um, yeah, a their own version of, I guess, born yesterday. Uh, they call it caked at noon. Uh, so the idea is being that they brew a beer, they cake it at noon, they deliver it to their account that day. Uh, oh, okay. So we'll have it on tap at o'clock uh, on the day. Uh, those are always really good. They're always hazy, some sort or another. Sure. Uh, but you can't really get fresher than that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fresh beer is good, which is the opposite of what I'm drinking right now. So I guess that's a great segue into our feature beers that everybody wants to talk about. Now, usually for the show, we're visiting specific breweries and we talk about things that they make that they really want to discuss. But when we have other guests on, we like to kind of let them choose what they want to bring on and talk about. Uh, and mine is the Melvin IPA, which... John Hamm already expressed his opinions about and doesn't particularly care for. But before, uh, before the podcast started, though. Yeah, that's very true. So we need to get that on the record. So, John, how do you really feel about Melvin Brewing Company? Oh, uh, they unfortunately, they make some tasty beers. But uh, most people I've met that work for Melvin are kind of a bunch of dicks. And it's a rare thing in the beer industry because everybody's super nice and fun and friendly. And uh, it's just one of those little anomalies that, uh, you know, you can read stories about them being womanizing assholes and shit like that. And it's just mm -hmm. from one person's uh, perspective from a very limited, you know, Denver based uh, point of view, I found it to be true. They're kind of a bunch of dicks, but they make well, some good beers. I just uh, don't drink them because, uh, you know, there's lots of other good beers out there that are made by people that aren't. Well, if anybody beer. wants to see John, the one and only John Hamm, play music live, he will never be at Melvin Brewing Company. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're the only decent brewery in Wyoming. You act like White Snake back in their heyday. Uh, this beer tastes like pure misogyny. Just mm. like this beer Man, tastes white like snake. That's a good, good comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought so too. It was, it was bold. But all right. So the reason I brought up like older beer was essentially because I bought these. I bought a couple things at the grocery store. I usually, you get so spoiled here being able to buy direct from breweries that you can always get things fresh. And when I go to the grocery store, I forget a lot of times that things aren't rotated properly. Sometimes people don't even give a shit about uh, how old the code dates are, and they don't pick them up. So both of the beers that I picked up today are out of code and they taste like cardboard. And I don't know how about how you guys feel about drinking uh, wet cardboard, but it's not usually high on my list of things. Well, to enjoy. Lots of vitamins. <laughs> lots of vitamins. Lots of vitamins. A lot of vitamins. Vitamin C for cardboard. Cardboard. High in fiber, right? <laughs> Vitamin A for cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was finishing the sentence. I was finishing the thing. So, I mean, I, I like a lot of the stuff that Melvin does, but I agree. Um, 
with John, it seems like they've got a bit of an attitude about him and it's easily, it, there's so many other things to enjoy out there that it doesn't, you can just go buy something from somebody else. I had one of those vendettas against dogfish head for a long time, to be honest, because they were super popular in the area that I used to live in, in upstate New York. And when I was a, I, I listen, I like their beers and that's the 16% beer that you didn't chug on the show. Yep. which is kind of unfortunate for everybody. Yeah. But right, so my, yeah. my dilemma was on the sales rep side of things where I was working for a different brewery. Our, our kegs of IPA were like 50 or $60 cheaper than their, theirs, but other people, they were so crazy about dogfish head for no real good reason for 60 minute, in my opinion, that people were just putting it on left and right. Cause they thought the branding was cool. So I just had like a vendetta against them. Not for any great reason, just personal one. Sure. Uh, real quick, one of the cool things about doing the live stream podcast is that we actually get some interaction from people watching it. And uh, Matt, your parents are very proud of your chugging abilities. <laughs> Just so you know, they love it. That's great. Yeah. And they're going to hang this picture on their refrigerator. Are waiting outside for me to finish up this podcast to beat me up, apparently. Like, that's the <laughs> feedback I'm getting. That's yeah. Uh, John, so you're drinking a dogfish head. No, no. Uh, that one's for later. Right now, I'm drinking the Chain Reaction Brewing Company. Converted ah, good, good. It was uh, kegged and canned last Wednesday, I think. So it's uh, about a week old, and it is delicious. It is a very nice, uh, classic, bitter, aggressively hopped IPA. Very crushable. Oh, yeah. All right, you don't have to keep making me feel bad about my choice, John. I understand. Yeah. I made a mistake. It's not good. It's <laughs> it could have been better. And you'll be going to Chain Reaction to pick up some better beers next week. I know. Okay. Okay. Oh, very I good. know. Very good. You're right, John. So that one looked like it was a little clearer than a lot of the other IPAs that are available right now. So is that more of like a West Coast IPA, not not like a hazy New England or anything? Yeah, a little more West Coast, maybe even uh, kind of in between. West Coast and like uh, English style IPA, good uh, malt character, but uh, aggressively hopped, but enough malt character to keep it balanced out. So yeah, kind of, uh, it's definitely not a hazy New England kind of thing, but it's, uh, it's its own thing, but it's just a really good, nice, bitter IPA, which I love. Yeah. Well, English hop varieties as a whole kind of suck. So it's yeah. nice when... American hop varieties are applied to more traditional English style, like malt base, where it's a little more like super karma malt forward. It's not as dry. It's a little more sweet, but things like Fuggles and East Kent Goldings were great when nobody had anything else available, but they're basically garbage now. Uh, Matt, I don't know how you feel about British hop varieties, but I'm just not a fan. Not, not a big fan now. Yeah. I don't think they're really helping any. It's just like British food. It's like, yeah, I guess I can eat it, but it's not <laughs> anything to break home about. Yeah. So like American hop varieties have made English things better. Indian hop, in, not Indian hop varieties, but Indian food is almost just like the national dish of, of England. Like tikka masala is basically on every street corner. <laughs> so Steve, what are you drinking right now? Uh, I'm sipping on the uh, Finkel and Garv IPA. See it there. Those are, words. Those are letters. Nice. I can read that. Uh, it is, uh, according to their description, dry, citrusy, and aromatic, which I would absolutely agree with. 6.5%. Uh, very good. Also, trying to support local. They're out of Boulder. I think I was drinking them last week. It just was a beer I had. 
Uh, but I picked up a six pack today because last week's was so good uh, out of Boulder. So very good, good a lot. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I got a, lots of them. I wish you guys could have one, but I'll be drinking them all for you guys. <laughs> yeah, save one for me. I'm not as familiar with Finkel and Garf. Have you? Uh, I mean, do they? Do you have any idea how long they've been open? Is it on the can? Like, do they specialize in anything in particular? Um. They kind of do everything. I don't know how long they've been around, uh, but they do. They have a, a pretty wide variety. They do, as far as their cans go, the cans that are at like the liquor stores seem to be like all of their um, pretty straightforward taps. Uh, but like last week, I was drinking like a red IPA, which is not a normal canning beer. Um, but I've been to their tap house up there. Actually, they do a comedy show. Did rest in peace comedy. Uh, they did. <laughs> They did a show there. Joe Kimbrell hosted. It was great. Um, and they have like a variety of stuff up there. It'll be like back, I'm sure. Uh, a milk stout, don't they? Like, I feel like I've seen that on the, the shelves before. That sounds milk right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I don't know everything it's about true now. Life, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, have you had any other stuff before? Um, have you ever met Finkel or Garf? I met Finkel once. I <laughs> Who's hotter? Uh, Garf. The, uh... <laughs> Clearly. Party on, Garf. We, we Sounds some, like a babe. Um, <laughs> I've pretty much just had the IPA more than once. It's the only one I can really remember. Mm. But, uh, so yeah, sorry, Trip, if you're, uh, if you're watching. We'll we'll be back up and running soon. We'll, we'll get some new age yeah. stuff. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Matt, what are, you, what are you drinking? What'd you bring on the show today? Sipping on from Black Bottle. is American Graffiti. Oh, cool. Um, love Black Bottle, just a bunch of old punk rockers who started a brewery uh or for them every once in a while their uh american graffiti is holiday brett sour i don't get a whole lot of brett from it to be honest more uh more, more holiday, uh lactic acid uh auto lactic yeah today it's asian a wine barrel i not i tried to figure out not picking up on that either <laughs> no <laughs> oh <laughs> that's the joys of a marketing department it doesn't have to be right at all uh I, I can yeah sure but it, yeah no, i'm not getting a whole lot um, yeah yeah you cannot they dry hop to if you cannot though and, or no i'm sorry uh, you're, right. oh, john what are you doing john why don't you eat some more potato chips buddy <laughs> you hear that i turned up my volume dude is that what you were oh yeah oh yeah yeah we hear that we can hear you getting an erection right now <laughs> <laughs> the denim well, is i tearing. hope you like it because that's not stopping anytime soon that this is like an hour show that's gonna keep on rocking that's that's <laughs> just, just gonna... your, your main loop right that's how you start every beat <laughs> yeah it's just gonna poke up from the bottom of his screen <laughs> like a cat like a cat was just photobombing the video <laughs> now matt something i am kind of curious about is so i used to be a sales rep for a couple different breweries and i know that sales reps showing up throughout the day to any bar or restaurant to sell their beer can be pretty annoying um and i sometimes people would just like what i would consider word vomit when they had the buyer's attention for like 10 seconds and they'd be like, this is why you love our beer. And this is what it's priced at. And this is what kind of style it is. And blah, 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 blah. without it's ever asking like a single comedy. question. A lot of your comedy is just word vomit. <laughs> yeah. It's called, it's more of an onslaught. I'd agree. <laughs> right. 
That's how I like to pitch it. So Matt, do you have any uh, any experiences in particular with sales reps that you can't stand? Or, I mean, you don't have to name anybody or just things that you don't like about when sales reps show up to try to sell you beer? It, I understand that they're doing their job and 100% get um, it's hard to try to do a certain time. Like, hey, come see us. We're not that busy. Um, I can take a break, whatever else I'm doing, or my manager and the main beer buyer can come out and actually, like, you know, give you the time of day. Um, they don't listen to that at all. So it's just kind of here and there. They'll, you know, show up at five o'clock or, you know, 1130. Uh, during like middle of a lunch rush kind of thing. Yeah, can uh, I show right when your dinner rush starts? It's yeah, no, exactly. So it, it's we're a little different being you know between on premise and off premise. So when you get those buyers who uh, work with off premise uh, or retailers as well, uh, it gets yeah their their times are all all junked up. Um, yeah, sure. That and then like you said, just the the word vomit. They'll they'll come and they'll tell me absolutely everything about this beer uh, i want to know why it's gonna sell i let me try some i please let me try some uh yeah. that's a good call uh yeah tell me why you like it give me a price get out i'll email you later that kind of well, i mean you have you have 175 lines like how do you actually go about deciding what goes on and is it mostly five gallons or is it a lot of half kegs too uh about half and half do uh we do do a lot of uh, a lot of six tools, but um, not half barrels as well. It's, I mean, we try to give everybody at least some time in there. Uh, we do a lot of takeovers, uh, a lot of bigger takeovers. Uh, so our biggest one would be like, you know, Crooked State. We did fifty. Uh, uh, damn, damn. Uh, That's what I said. Like damn, forty-four. <laughs> uh, uh, and there were. You know, we'll we'll give you like your time, and then possibly probably won't order your beer for a little while. You know, sure. um, but for a lot of the breweries, we do we like to do like a two in two out system. You know, we'll bring in a couple of Station Twenty Six, let those go, uh, and once those are both gone, you know, maybe a week down the road, we'll we'll call you, um, get some more stuff in. Yeah, fun. That's cool. Do you guys? You know, do you guys ever actually, have? Oh, sorry, I, go uh, yep. Perfect. Uh, go ahead. Before go ahead. I was. Before I was the one and only John Hamm playing music full time, when I was doing events and stuff for the brewery that eventually laid me off, uh, I was doing a pint night at the pint room and just, you know, hanging out, talking about beers, telling people, hey, if you buy one of these beers, you get a free pint glass. And, you know, I'm not on the sales team, like I'm not making a commission off these sales. So I'm just there hanging out, having a couple beers, shooting the shit, talking with people and giving out pint glasses and stickers. And that's, that was kind of my first introduction to the pint room. And that's how I got in there and said, Oh, you guys have music. Let me give you my card. You need to start booking the one and only John Hamm. And they did. And it's been a blast playing there ever since and getting to know Matt and all the, the crew there and everything. And I love that they do all these huge tap takeovers because, you know, if I'm playing there on Wednesday and I see like Tuesday, Oh, they've got this, big uh you know such and such brewery anniversary tap takeover and they've got like 50 lines and so i know when i'm playing the next night there's going to be some like super rare beer that i can't get anywhere else but the pint room's got it until it's gone so i love uh that about the pint room that they do all those special events and bring in all these awesome other beers that you can't find other places you know mm -hmm. 
Now, is such and such brewery your favorite brewery, would you say? Fuck <laughs> such and such. I mean, so it's like on the hate list, it's like such and such and then Melvin and then that other place I'm not going to name, but like, yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I name a brewery that I know you used to work at and talk shit about them? Sure, bring it up. I would be a renegade if I did that. You know what I mean? Oh, you would, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll go. We'll go through and we'll redact that comment in the uh, after we post uh, it. Listen, John. No, we won't. We're the ones editing this, and we're probably not going to do that. So. I love how John said, "Hey, I got a guy that you'd love to play music for you. Who is it? It's me. Who's got two thumbs and knows how to play guitar? This guy." Yep. Uh, Matt, what's the Matt? What's your favorite before Steve? Sorry, before we move on, what was your favorite? Uh, if you did all these huge events, what was your favorite brewery to do like a big tap takeover with? I know you mentioned a couple, but did you have a favorite in particular and why? Uh, Crooked Dave was by far the best, I think, um, just because we really got to dig into their cellar for that one. We had beers that, uh, you know, the owner, like their their founder was there, one of the founders there. Uh, yeah, there was he's a, supposed to do our podcast at some point. Jack. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, he was there, and he's like, "Dude, I had I haven't even had like several of these." Um, so I mean, we we really got to dig out some really cool stuff and make some really yeah. cool, uh, a lot of different varietals of like Nightmare and Latino. Um, what was? That? Sorry, I'm a little hungry. <laughs> oh, that was uh, that's that's Rigsby the dog. Oh man, sure it is. Hey, everybody, sure, Corey. Excuse me. Uh. That, so they were, I mean, they were by far the most fun that I had. We're big fans of Cricket Stave here on the podcast. We've had a couple of their beers featured. We like them a lot. Corey, <laughs> we get it. It's a dog. Oh, so, uh, you know, um, again, talking shit. Uh, when I used to work at a different brewery that I'm not going to name, there was a guy that worked for a industrial laundry company that would come in weekly at the worst time and come into the tap room and try and get them to sign a contract for their, uh, you know, the floor mats and the bar towels and all that. And he would come in like first Friday at 8 PM and try to talk to somebody to get them to sign a contract. And he kept like, you know, name dropping all these other breweries that have signed with him. And he kept saying crooked stops. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, I work at all, uh, all the other big breweries, Avery, crooked stops. <laughs> And every time, like, it got to the point where I would recognize the guy and see him walking up, and I'm like, this guy is going to come in. He's going to try and get you to sign a contract, and he's going to name drop Crooked Stav. Just wait. And I would just stand back and let him come in, do his little spiel, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, all these breweries around town work with us, Crooked Stav. I'm like, stop, stop, is he Crooked Stav? <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> Gustavo, so good to see you. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah so i mean just from being on the sales side of things so much it, there's right and wrong things to do like if you're gonna stop in at lunch or you're gonna stop in at dinner like just be there and just order some food be like hey yeah. i'm not here to like sell you on anything i'm just like here to say hello and i'm gonna pay you guys some money to get some food for me and order a beer and then i'm gonna peace out if you got a sample if you got a second to sample a beer or something great if you don't yeah i'm just gonna leave Sit this here well with you and, and leave your business card on there and get out like that's I the way to yeah. I disagree. I say show up, stay the entire day, overstay your welcome. That way everybody in there knows who you are. Order, order what you want. Just, you know, munch on it throughout the day. The fries are going to get cold. You're going to have a good time. At the end of the day, you don't tip. And then slide your business card and say, hey, you want to make this place better? I got you. That's how you make a sale. 
We used to have there was a there's this notorious uh, like very popular craft beer bar in Syracuse, New York, and it's called the Blue. It's called the Blue Tusk, and it, your your punchlines don't work as well when you keep breaking up on the microphone, Steve. So just keep I'm trying. Not, I'm not, it's cute. I'm breaking up with you, not the microphone. Okay, this is over. <laughs> As is Mike's cutting out while he's trying to insult me. Okay, I'm going to continue with the story. So there's this great bar in Syracuse called the Blue Tusk, but the buyer, nice enough guy, uh, old hippie, used to just make sales reps wait for like six hours sometimes before he would actually start talking to them, before he developed a relationship with them. And then they had like a brief window of time that was about 10 minutes before he started cracking into some of the wine bottles that he kept in the back. And he would get very wine drunk very fast. So you had to sell him on something in that 10 minute window after waiting for five or six hours. It was brutal. And they're trying what a to great sell him uh, Saranac and uh, Jenny Cream Ale, and he's making them sit there and wait. Like, come on. Yeah, man. I don't know. Got a little respect goes both ways. You don't want to harp on anybody, but at the same time, it's like, I got other shit to do. Shut up, Corey. All right. <laughs> I, I, for one, nice shot, don't Steve. have other shit to do. This is my last plan for the day. Hell yeah. Hey, so we've been uh, praising the pint room quite a bit. We like it a lot. Time to take it down a notch. Yeah. How about a little in-your-face interaction for Mr. Matt T? Um, one thing we like to do here on the podcast is read negative reviews about uh, the places. Unfortunately, unfortunately, John Hamm, the one and only John Hamm, the musician, has five stars on everything. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to read my glowing reviews. On Facebook, I've got some beautifully written reviews on there. Yeah, Are no you going to read those? That's not entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> you can read the pint room stuff first, and then you can praise me after. But this is Matt. Go, Go ahead. John Ham eats chips on a podcast. One star. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, uh, we have a review from two months ago, Matt. Uh, this one is from a person named Paula. Two stars says Snitty Snet Snitty Steph. If you are a wine drinker, limited foodie options for the non-meat eater. Mm, I like this person a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna say this just isn't her place. She's going to a pint place trying to order wine to go to bar food. So craft beer burger bar, but I would really like some vegan options and a really. Uh, I really. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like this person got dragged out with the rest of the group, and instead of complaining to them, decided to complain to you about it because they didn't want to be difficult to their friends. Right. <laughs> it's like everybody's willing to be an asshole, to but to different people. It's like if I'm a jerk to somebody I don't know, it's not a big deal, especially if I do it on the internet. Everybody always gets a lot braver behind a keyboard. Yeah, totally. Right. So I really enjoyed this comedy show, but they did provide haircuts. And so, you know, one star. <laughs> That's actually, I've gotten that review twice. <laughs> it happened to me. About haircuts? Yes. <laughs> no, not really. But we've got, we, I mean, the, the comedy shows do get reviews from time to time. Uh, just like everything, some of them are pointless. At the rotating tap shows, you can get buzzed. Hey! Hold on, hold on. Let me set up my snare drum so I can do a ba for yeah, you. Please, 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 John. 
The joke needs more than just a snare drum. Come on. <laughs> John, you prefer I call you Juan the only or John? The Juan and only? <laughs> no, I'm going to say either Juan or only or John. He's actually going to do it because he knows that. Here we go. All right, you ready? Just Are you ready, John? Second. It's, it's loading up, but uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say the joke again. I'm working okay. on it. I'm waiting for him to go. Okay, go. Give me, John, can you give me a count? Uh, actually, Matt, give me a countdown. Three. Three. <laughs> At the rotating tap shows, you can't get a haircut, but you can get buzzed. Did you just do that on a block? Because the speaker's way over there. The I can, but it just sounded like you hit it on blocks of wood. We've lost all of them. <laughs> okay. nobody's, nobody's paying attention anymore. Nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't okay. sound like a symbol at all. It sounds like you're hitting like the wall. Uh, you just don't understand the music industry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an artist. I get it. Nice try, Oli. Can you try <laughs> yeah. looping that rim shot just for the rest of the episode? No. All right. Here's another one we've got. This is a, uh, a Yelp review. It says, so, sorely disappointed in this place. Totally focused on beer. Specifically called to see a full bar. And they said yes. I remember this one. Come to arrival. Bartender talks me out of what I want because they don't have it. And talks to me in a cheap, unappealing liquor. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Uh, ghost emoji, ghost emoji. Yeah, zombie. We're not. Now, this is really mind blowing to me because there's there's so much to digest in this one. Uh, totally focused on beer. Okay, it's called the pint, the pint room. The pint room. It's mm. got the most beer taps in Colorado. Again, it's called the pint room. The pint room. Uh, so that's pretty wild. They want a full bar, and the there was one time I was in there. When a man was ordering like forty-two, it's some some kind of Jack Daniels, like a, a forty-two dollar shot of Jack Daniels or something. Very expensive. It's like not like I don't think that the bartender talked to that guy in the cheap liquor. Like that's what that guy wanted, you know? Exactly. Oh, and it said talked me out of what I wanted because they didn't have it. I feel like that's a good reason to talk them out of it. Like, <laughs> can I have this one fucking? bottle of wine from 1972 we don't have it oh well if you're just gonna try and talk me out of it fine i'll order something you do have like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> so ridiculous i've um, been kicked out of nicer places than this <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to be i don't need to be abused like this especially how do you not find something that you want and when there's 175 different options it's like, how specific are your tastes if you're going into a beer-specific bar and they don't have any kind of beer that you want? Well, one thing that's interesting is this was one of the few Yelp reviews that there was actually a response to. I don't know if this person still works at the pint room, but it says, Our apologies, James. We aren't sure what you're looking for. We are a full bar. We have 175 beers, eight wines, Prosecco, and over 150 spirits. How can we help? Only eight wines? You guys duck. <laughs> Let me help me help you. <laughs> if they just never responded. They're done. They don't care. They're over it. Yeah, they're just carrying on with the rest of your lives while you guys wake up, wait, lay awake at night, sleepless, just wondering how you could have better served that customer. Yeah. Speaking of which, 
so I just cracked open this Colorado lager from Odell. Have you guys had this before? No. Yeah. All right. Normally it's pretty good, but right now it sucks a lot. So this was at the front of the cooler at the grocery store and it has been sitting under UV light for quite some time. And it is skunky like a motherfucker. I haven't tasted a beer like this since I was in college and I don't like it. I know Odell makes super awesome beers. This is just uh, partially on the grocery store. But I'm going to drink it anyway because it's all I've got. I just poured myself a Mind Haze Firestone Walker, their first uh, hazy IPA. Ooh. It is delicious. Oh. You know somebody I that's love... pretty fresh. What's the percentage on that thing? Oh, it's low. It's like five something. Uh, five. Uh, six. Six two. Right. I love just about everything that Firestone Walker does. Yeah. They're one of those breweries that no matter what they put put out, it's quality. I mean, every something as simple as their like Pivo Pills, which is just like a super great everyday drinker, and then their barrel aged stuff is phenomenal too. ABF award winning Pivo Pills. Yes, my wife works yeah. for the company, so I yeah, I'm a little partial. Shameless but, plug. But seriously, every every beer I've had from Firestone Walker is spot on like even yeah. if it's a style i don't like it's like well yeah that's what this beer is supposed to taste like it's not my jam but it's a well done version of that and if it is your jam you're gonna love it you know yeah they at least did it really well uh dan jones chimes in on the chat and says cheers everyone so let's all drink to dan cheers hey, dan. Dan. there's buddy miss you yelling at his neighbors right now he's not seeing this he's yelling at his neighbors and by um, yelling at his neighbors also, you mean the squirrels off his back porch i believe it's <laughs> the one and only dan johns i think that's what he likes <laughs> to be referred to as. i believe it's i believe it's the one and only dan john ace <laughs> um any other say, good reviews yeah, so uh, the majority of these negative reviews are just, they just seem to be people that don't understand the restaurant industry. Uh, there's one about like a guy showing up at 1045, upset that you guys close at 11. Uh, that one's pretty good. Um, the, there's one that just says the wait staff is immature, which I know, Matt, so that's very true. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this last one here uh, because I think it's pretty fun. Um, in terms of people that don't understand how these places work, uh, it says two stars. I really want to like the spot. Great concept, but they have tap handles that do not match the beer menu, according to the server. And we had no idea they were out of flatbreads until we tried to order up. Not the flatbreads. No. <laughs> and it, <laughs> do you know how they, like, the people will run out of stuff. That's how this works. Is it? Sorry, I didn't notice when he walked in to set off a fireworks that said no flatbreads today. We're out. <laughs> That's Listen, crazy. if this was if this was Pizzeria Uno, they would have done it. So you guys should probably try to do better. And with 175 tap handles, and they change constantly, how can you like keep that menu up? That's well, tap handles are obnoxious to begin with, especially yeah. when you have that many draft lines. One sure. more about sales reps, not not brewery sales reps specifically mostly distro uh is getting the proper tap handles for things is just an absolute nightmare well if i can if i can at least speak on behalf of the distributors and the supplier reps is that places like you guys are terrible about getting about the tap handles because that's so many fucking tap handles that one place has to occupy for so long so even if you move through those kegs in a couple weeks like all right you figure 
so the way the beer industry used to work was that there weren't as many draft lines out there. So you would have, um, let's say for a seasonal beer, you would have 20 different draft lines for that seasonal beer. You would sell 20, however many kegs that you would have in inventory over the course of the season, but it would stay at those 20 establishments. Now, if you have 40 kegs in stock, 40 of those kegs are going to 40 different establishments, which you need means you need 40 different draft handles for each different bar. So it's a pain in the dick. So I've never understood why places that turn over as much beer as you guys do don't just use generic handles. Well, we have to half the time because we don't have handles. Just do it then. Just do it for all of them. I, don't, I mean, like I get it for I get it for beers that you keep on all the time. But if you're just changing every single time you kick a keg, it becomes a nightmare to get you guys and to tap. The handles. handles sell though. If you're in there and you're like, and you know, playing music and you have five minutes while you're playing a guitar solo and you have to walk over and pick a beer from the bar, you can look at the tap handles and be like, oh, they got two hearted on. I'll have one of those, please. And keep playing your guitar solo. You don't have to, like, stop and look at the beer list and all that. Hell yeah, John Ham. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I feel like what Corey just did was, like, old man yells at cloud. Just- it is and it isn't. So, all right, so something to consider is each one of those tap handles costs 40 to $50. So if you want to sell 40 kegs over the course of an entire season, let's say, you're spending how- – a tap handle per keg is essentially the way the industry works now. So that's $40 going to every establishment every time that you want to sell a keg. And half the time, you don't even get the tap handles back. I didn't know there was going to be math involved in this. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I think it's an easy thing to do is to shit on the is the is to say like ah oh, that's something that's annoying about the distributor or the supplier and I get where you're coming from but to me if if an establishment changes that often you got to just use like generic it's it's yeah of course the regular tap handles cooler looking but it makes it a huge burden on the people getting you the tap handles to actually make sure you get the right one. Well, I'm also not going to ask my bartenders to go through 175 different labels to find the beer that they want. Like, it's about what they need it for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Corey's just a grumpy old man right now. So, no, I'm trying to tur- Corey, I'm trying uh, to create some drama on a show that typically doesn't have any. This so. isn't Corey, dude. You're not trying to figure out who's the baby daddy of us three. What? <laughs> You've never seen Maury? No, I've just heard way better jokes. All right, so we're moving on now. So, Corey, before you move on, uh, okay. Corey, Firestone Walker, again, bringing them up. Yep. Uh, they, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a thing where, like, on their, so their, their tap handles are three-sided, and it would be, like, mm-hmm. printed and stuff and have, like, some of the logos on it. But then their keg collars that would, you know, go over the stem of the keg would have a little sticker that can rip off of whatever keg it is yeah. and you can stick it on to that tap handle so you can have like you can have pivo pills on and then that kicks and you're tapping uh bretta rose you just turn that tap handle around put the sticker on and boom you've got a bretta rose right. tap handle right there yeah yeah there's great yeah there's great ways to handle it um it just becomes handle yeah, it. oh that was a good one <laughs> handle it are you kidding yeah. me he just pulled that out of nowhere come on steve keep up Totally planned on that. It worked out perfect. Uh, this is this is miserable for me right now. I hate everything. <laughs> we love you, Steve. Ah, uh, shit. 
I'm going to mute him again, though, just for fun. All right, so John, uh, do you, yep. we we covered we covered some of the bad reviews that Matt has to deal with at the restaurant, but we don't have any bad reviews for you per se. But do you have any? Uh, we as comics deal with shitty gigs all the time, you know, bar gigs where there's five people or there's a loud a loud party in the back or something. Do you have any memorable bad gigs of yours that you've done recently or what, that you've done that you're just like, man, this place this sucks tonight? Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of them. Uh, also, I thought you were going to read my glowing reviews on Facebook. There's one that says I'm the songbird of my generation, and my voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. But you're going a different direction. It's okay. We'll go to bad gigs. Um, so not necessarily bad, but um, I remember, clearly, I remember one time playing at the pint room when it was a, pretty much a blizzard, and... I drove there and, uh, you know, it's not too far from home for me. So I drove there through this snowstorm and I get there and set up. And as expected, there's about five customers there and there's more than five employees there. So I'm basically just hanging out with the staff, entertaining them for the night. And sometimes those can be the most fun nights because there's, uh, you know, zero expectations for me. I can pull up songs that I've never tried before or like songs that I haven't played in years and be like, Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I can pull up this song. I played this in high school. I'm sure I can still do it. And uh, usually I can. And if I can't, there's maybe five people there that could give me a bad review, but nobody has because I'm still five stars. But you know, sometimes those, uh, those dead nights are fun and you, I just have a blast. And especially, you know, at the pint room playing for Matt and the coworkers when, you know, they're just standing around bored and, you know, at least they got me there singing songs and entertaining and they'll yell something out and I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And, uh, you know, I've had hey, hey, a I'm... couple of those shows at Chain Reaction, too, where it's been a snowstorm and it's been, you know, there's 10 people that are there and then the snowstorm really starts kicking in. So, you know, those 10 people aren't leaving. So I've got a captive audience. And I can play whatever the hell I want. And, uh, you know, I have a blast doing that. And sometimes it's like, well, uh, you know, I pulled up this Tom Petty song and I'm kind of bored. So I'm going to play it like it's a death metal song. So here we go. And uh, don't have to live like a refugee. <laughs> and, you know, you give it a shot and sometimes it's a hit and you We're keep starting. doing it. And sometimes Maybe, uh, it tanks and you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. But there's only 10 witnesses that I did it once. So, yeah that's fair well sometimes the gigs with the smallest number of people are the most fun because it really doesn't have it it doesn't have as much to do with the quantity of people it's always the quality you know if you've yeah. got yeah there could be a hundred people in the room but if nobody's paying attention or doesn't give a shit about what you're doing then what does it matter like steve you did that gig for a dispensary's christmas party right that was probably very well attended but no. nobody paid fucking no. attention no. It was all a nightmare. That whole thing was a nightmare. But yeah, how many people? How many people were there? Dude, I mean, at this point, dude, I would kill to perform in front of six people. Are you kidding me? Like, that's, that's not the point. It, that's my <laughs> point. You can't tell me what my point is. I know what my point is. Man, you really know how to tee up a segue. You've got all right, an so of three people, at least three people, right now, Steve. Yeah, I can I'm see of three of us. I'm one of them. It's really only two. But how many people were at that dispensary gig, Steve? Probably like. 20 uh, okay that's actually fewer than i thought it would be yeah it's it's not like a crazy big dispensary but yeah I mean, okay. 
Uh, the, yeah, no, I agree with John where it's like part of it is the quality of just people that are around. Uh, obviously, the more people's the better, but it, I don't know. I guess just talking about performing sucks right now because anybody that I would, I would love to perform for three of my biggest haters right now. Like, you are. You, you got him right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Oh, you're not, oh man. You're not with me, All so right, let's, let's flip the podcast and start it over. Steve, tell us a joke. <laughs> Corey's And sing me a song and pour Matt a beer. <laughs> pour one out for the homies. <laughs> chug, chug a beer for us. Oh, man. Seriously, Steve, I played uh, for a an edible company for their anniversary party, and they booked it at a local brewery. They booked me to play. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. I came up with a whole set list of, like, 420-themed songs. And, like, I had all these great jokes that I was throwing in in between the songs. And I would say something funny and get absolutely no response. They, it was just yeah. I was playing to a sea of zombies. And then I'd be like, all right, tough crowd. And I'd start the next song. And then I'd hear, ha! Like, five minutes later, I'd hear a laugh from the back. And I'm like... <laughs> Was that about the joke I made five minutes ago? And now I'm halfway through this song, and now you're laughing. I mean, and eventually somebody came up and they're like, "We're all just really high. We got like a gift bag of edibles from the company. Everybody's really high. You're doing great. We just don't yeah. know what's going on right now." Yeah. And I'm like, "All right, all right." <laughs> that's how every dispensary, like any weed show I've ever done, like weed themed show. That's how they all are. People just get too stoned to forget where they are. They're busy thinking about like bananas and donkey kong and shit you know like you guys bananas and donkey kong go on the right track <laughs> and that's when you as a professional pull up your best banana and donkey kong material and you're like i got you guys i know where your head's at i'm gonna do yeah. this donkey kong and i do it set. i do it but at that point they're already thinking about nascar for some reason so i don't you know and then five minutes Hashtag. later they're like ha! Donkey Kong. That was yeah. great, man. Yeah. Hashtag no odd job. Uh, I remember doing the the dab lounge down in Colorado Springs once, Did and that was... Uh, what his opinion on this was? Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, John. Making it nice Thank and you. awkward here. Thanks. That's what I do. <laughs> That's great. No, I was just saying I did the uh, dab lounge uh, down in Colorado Springs. It is very similar kind of sentiment. Everybody's just so baked that they're like, yeah, we want to be at a comedy show. But then they forget they have to be an active audience in order to make it a comedy yeah. show. And plus dabs just weird me out to begin with. Like everybody's sitting there with their own Coleman propane tank and just lighting glass on fire. I'm like, this seems a lot like crack to me. This just, uh, I get it that it makes everybody feel nice, but. Not my cup of tea. Hilarious. <laughs> hey, this is uh, what people do when they want to try to make conversations, Steve. So if you hey, want to carry will, some of the show, I'd I be happy to. I will sit idly by and have you trash talk dab. That is... Uh, Steve, thank you, John. That's the kind of response. Thing. That's kind of the response that a co-host should have. Instead of saying, hey, Steve, remember that time you performed at a dispensary and it was terrible? And he this goes, yeah, I'm just real sad right now. This is an improv. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Dan Jones would kill to perform to you 3 right now. Kill. Dan Jones gets it. So while you're all cheering to Dan Jones, he's got my back. Hell yeah. Cheers to Dan Jones. 
Hey, fuck one start. and only Dan Jones. Hell yeah. Yeah, Dan. Hell yeah. Or Dab Jones. <laughs> uh, Corey, what segment should we do next? We got we got a few minutes left here. I always like to talk to people about like we always we people always talk about what they love in the beer industry, but I always like to know about what people hate. So, could you guys just both tell me what are your least favorite beer styles in particular? I'm pretty much a garbage disposal, and I'll drink anything and enjoy it to some level. Uh, but just American wheat beers, I think, are largely unimaginative. And I, I understand that they fill a very much needed market sector, but just they, uh, they don't taste good. I don't like wheat beers. Wheat beers also like, give me like digestive issues. I just don't like <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what kind of digestive issues? Do you get like they diarrhea? Hurt. Do you throw up? No, they just hurt my stomach. It's not like extreme. Yeah. It's not like a gluten thing, obviously. It's just wheat beers suck. <laughs> well, so like an America a straight up American wheat is pretty bland. Like it's just it's just very two dimensional. There's not a lot to it. But if you do like a Belgian wheat or you add some fruit, at least it adds some other character like other flavor aroma characteristics. But just straight American wheat, like cause if you use if you do like a German Hefeweizen, the the yeast strain that they use gives it like naturally more spicy and fruity aromas and flavors, but American wheats typically are just pretty bland. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want that. I want that clove and the banana bubble, whatever, like, just something more. Just, like, play, play a little bit. Give me, you know, let, let the brewing process actually speak for what the beer is, not give people who don't actually like beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, you don't like what we have to offer? Try this. Yep, exactly. You don't like beer in general? Here's something pretty bland. You're boring. You also want vanilla ice cream? That's cool. <laughs> Whoa. Figure it out. How can you talk shit about any flavor of ice cream? Fuck you. This is an ice cream podcast now. I've decided <laughs> ice cream rules. Joe, what about you? What do you? <laughs> Who's Joe? <laughs> Joe. Who's Joe? Steve, thanks for being an active participant in this podcast. I really I appreciate John. you being here. You said Joe. Cut out. I said John. You said, you said Joe. I, oh, now I, he's tapping into that 20th anniversary. Damn. So this is not your least favorite beer style. Nope. Nope. But, uh, so, um, man, <laughs> years ago. I would have said uh, American light lager would be my least favorite beer style, but I've come to appreciate it in its time and place. It needs, you know, every once in a while, you just need that light, easy drinking, crushable thing. Uh, so in general, I'm uh, like Matt. I like just about every beer style. Um, I don't really like Roush beers, the smoky ones. Uh, not super into it, but I, I still try them all the time. And every once in a while I find one I do like, but in general, that's not my style. And then, uh, same thing with the, uh, the milkshake IPAs. It's not really my jam. Uh, but still I keep trying them and every once in a while I find one I like, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to remember the name of the place, but I had one recently that was good. And my big thing with the uh, milkshake IPAs is calling it an IPA because usually it's like, this is a good beer. 
I would not call it an IPA. Like if you call it something else, fine. But that's, sure. I guess that's more my issue, like calling it an IPA when it doesn't have the characteristics of an IPA. But, this is uh, oh, Storm Peak, Storm oh. Peak. They did a uh, an IPA called Candy Graham for Mongo. Also, great name for a beer, Candy Graham for Mongo. And it was a non-fruited uh, milkshake IPA. It was just a vanilla and lactose IPA, and it was it was good. It was not like, sure if I would still call it an IPA, but um, you know, in general, yeah, I like just about all styles, and uh, every every beer's got its own time and place, and you know, yeah. sometimes. You know, triple IPA is not the right thing, and a American light American lager is the right thing. So, you know. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Well, that's my thing with milkshake IPAs, too, is that marketing departments figured out that they could just hijack any term that they wanted to to slap it on a label to make it sell more. Because uh, they're so far from what an IPA was and has always been, you know, which is like bitter, a little more dry. And I mean, I get like, Hazy IPAs at least have some of those similar qualities. The bitterness is higher, but some there's some milkshake IPAs out there that literally have zero bitterness. There's zero yeah. IBUs. They're super sweet. And I saw a meme the other day that made, I mean, I've thought about this before, but hadn't articulated it, was that every hazy or milkshake IPA that's out there right now, or a lot of them anyway, it's basically just a blue moon. It's like super orange and citrus forward. There's a ton of wheat in there to give it like a sweeter, lighter mouthfeel and that softer mouthfeel. And there's no, almost no bitterness to it whatsoever. I'm like, it's basically a blue moon, but it has an IPA slapped on the label. I uh, let me, like let me just say, I'm very glad I did not chug this. Oh my god, this is, <laughs> is it really heavy, strong, and boozy, and very. John, what is that beer? It's the uh, the Dogfish Head 20th Anniversary Higher Mass. So it's a uh, golden ale with chocolate and sour cherry juice, and it is Ooh. 17% ABV. It's great for sipping, but oh man, if I had pick this as my chugger even if i had a six second buffer zone i would probably still be chugging it but sure anyway go ahead no, that's great yeah uh one of the last <laughs> questions i like to ask everybody is uh like how'd you get into the beer industry meaning like what really really what we're asking is uh like what's the worst job that you guys have ever had that got it could be in the beer industry but this is what's the worst job you've ever had John? All right, I can take this one. So, uh, like I said, I was a preschool teacher for over a decade and uh, decided I had to get out of that because it's uh, uh, caddy and, uh, you know, administration and teachers and every once in a while the parents. There's all sorts of shit that gets on your nerves. And over time, over the decade, the stuff I liked about it was getting less and less and the stuff that annoyed me about it was getting more and more. And so I decided I had to get out of that industry. And, uh, at the time I was a, a good home brewer. I, we had won a couple, a bunch of home brewing awards and I thought, you know, maybe I can do this. And I, so I applied for a head brewer job and I got it, which is, uh, that never happens. Nobody, enters the beer industry yeah. as a head brewer. You That's like why. you enter mopping the floors and you hope to work your way up to brewing. Yeah, you're the, I, I'd like to be the custodian. Actually you're the principal. <laughs> yeah. I definitely lucked out and I just got in at the brewing level and uh 
I worked with a great uh, head of brewing operations that taught me everything I needed to know. And, uh, you know, that led me to all my other brewing jobs. And, uh, yeah, it was really just, uh, I guess, uh, being sick and tired of all the shit that comes along with being a preschool teacher. Um, I still loved. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, literal shit and figurative shit. But, I mean, I Thank still loved not. doing my uh, <laughs> music program uh, where I could teach the kids whatever I wanted about music. I did music with Mr. John from A to Z. So we went from Louis Armstrong to Frank Zappa. And I taught them all the shit that they're not going to teach when you're in, like, the public music program. So I taught them about all these different instruments. I love that. What but, did like, you use the... for the letter of the alphabet that's R-H-C-P? Oh, uh, I didn't get into that. Like, uh, it was it was a flea infestation that week, and uh, so we we canceled it. I'm trying. Uh, yeah. Nice. So uh, just the uh, the years and years of accumulated shit building up in the preschool industry is what led me into the beer industry, and that's what led me into the music industry. And I'm loving where I'm at now. So that's uh, that's my answer. And now we go over to Matt T. So totally counter to that. My worst job was in the music industry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, spent some time. I spent a long time in doing doing service uh, in the service industry, doing food and stuff. Um, but went to college, like went to college for music. Uh, got a music and business degree. Went to uh, this production company up in Boulder, and essentially just. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it sold to me the wrong way or whatever, but I basically spent a year as like a pay-to-play uh, production manager. Um, and, you know, it was fun. We I got to do some traveling and, and whatnot. But uh, when it came down to the end of it, I just felt like we were screwing people over, and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, the last few months were, were pretty bad. So uh, that's what actually led me into the beer industry. While I was there, just down the street was back uh, Backcountry, uh tap house and uh pizza up in boulder which is yep. still my favorite tap room to this day uh second favorite my second favorite tap room to this day and uh, <laughs> good save good save <laughs> i went there every day for lunch uh and that's where like i really kind of honed my palate and stuff i had a, i already had an affinity for craft beer and whatever um I've been drinking it since forever but uh that's where i really like honed my palate and when I got out of it, I was like, I'm, I'm going back to what I know. And I love beer. So I went to, uh, went to go work for a tap house and I get paid to talk about beer all day. That's really cool. Yeah. I remember for my own beer education, I used to work at this really awesome Belgian beer bar in Buffalo called Blue Monk, which unfortunately isn't there anymore, but it was an amazing place. They had like, so they had like 40 draft lines and you're getting rare beer from all over the place. And when you're first figuring out like the world of craft beer, it's so nice to be able to just be behind the bar and have little sips of everything that's available to figure out what you like, what's good, what's not good, and what other people might enjoy. That experience is so invaluable. Uh, Corey, just so you know, I just heard there's a little delay. So I just heard my wife upstairs yell at the top of her lungs, Buffalo, like she does anytime anybody references Buffalo, New York, ever. Like we could be watching the news and it's like, oh, tragic plane crash, 700 people dead in Buffalo, New York. My wife's like, yeah, Buffalo! Hey! So that's just happened. It's probably going to happen again. 
Sabres. I lived in Buffalo for five years. You guys remember sports? That was cool. <laughs> oh, she just yelled out, and, hey. And now let's check back in on Steve's it. depression. How's it going? Oh, I miss I miss hockey a lot. The Avs were going to win the Stanley Cup, and now they're not going to. So. Cool. Uh, well, hey, guys, thank you so – oh, the Dominator. Nice nice bottle opener. All right, so uh, thank you guys so much for being on the show. We really appreciate oh, your yeah. time. Um, can you guys plug anything you'd like to before we get out of here um, so that way people know where to check out your stuff? And, I mean, while John's grabbing something, uh, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about the pint room? Like, not a ton but because you already talked about it a little bit, but just, like, you know, what you guys do, where you're at. Uh, you can find anything you need to know on uh, Facebook, Instagram, most uh, – like clearly the most popular place. Um, are you guys still doing to go business right now? We are not doing to go at the moment. Okay. Uh, there is since the new law was passed, and uh, as a as a uh, brew pub or a, sorry, a, uh, not a brew pub or production license, we can st- actually do to go beers now. Uh, still waiting on that. Just follow us on social, and uh, we'll you know we'll let you know when that happens. Nice. Okay, great. John? I think I've got everything here. <laughs> right so Facebook yeah, that's in and print. Instagram at the one and only John Ham. You can email me at musicwithmrjohn at gmail.com. And uh, there's my fucking phone number. If you want to send me a text, 716 Buffalo Represent, 673 I've got my Venmo there. Venmo at John Ham one. And over here, you got my PayPal. At John Ham One, so good. And then uh, on the bottom is the hashtag for our uh, kids show that I haven't started using yet, but hashtag Ham Fam Smile Time because our kids show is the Ham Family Smile Time Variety Hour, which is a Simpsons reference, and uh, you know I'm a Simpsons Stone Cutters. So. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. Awesome. Well, well, thank you guys so much. Happy to have you guys on. Uh, keep. Checking out Rotating Top Comedy. We'll be back with live shows eventually. Just yeah, like they'll me. come back. Uh, but you can check out some of mine and Steve's work every Sunday at 6 p.m. on the Mile High Update, a satire news show that we air weekly. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Check that out. And then I've also been running a virtual comedy show for 10 Barrel Brewing Company every Friday. So uh, log on to my Facebook or Instagram to check out the details on any of that stuff. And hopefully we can keep people laughing during this kind of weird time. I'll be on the next 10 Barrel one. Yes, he will. I'll be hilarious. Just like always. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a promise. All right, guys. Take care. Love you guys. Virtual cheers. Take care. Love you guys. Cheers. Cheers, Dan Jones. See you soon. Bye. Yep.